Hello, Oakland A's fans, and welcome back to another episode of Athletics Baseball Podcast with your host, Taylor. And today, we've got some breaking news for you, at least breaking for me, because I'm actually recording this one on Saturday night because of the Super Bowl tomorrow, and I usually record Sunday night, but might be a little bit busy. I'm sure you understand. It won't be breaking news to you, probably, because you might hear about it by Monday, whenever you listen to this podcast. The A.J. Puck trade. He's gone. That's right. He is gone to the Marlins, and the A's get J.J. Blade. It's a pretty solid uh, major league name, I think. Like, eight, 8 out of 10, probably, at least. J.J. Blade. You know, you, you can probably hear an announcer saying that one in the stadium in your head right now. And there's people already overreacting to this one way or the other. What are we doing? This is horrible. Or good, he was a bust. And we're going to talk about AJ Puck and JJ Blade today. And it's going to be a fairly short episode. Before we get into it, though, I would like to remind you all, tell your friends, tell your family, give us a like, subscribe, follow, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review as well. That helps to get us out there so that more A's fans know that this podcast exists, because I would really like for A's fans to have more A's content available to them, and there's just not that much. So that's the whole reason I'm doing this. I want A's fans to have choices between the content that they get to listen to and also just more. And finally, don't forget to send an email to the mayor of Oakland, not an angry email, not a mean email, just an email to let the mayor know how much you care about the A's and how much you want them to stay in Oakland. And she has recently been saying that talks are back on. I'd like to think that that was caused by me because I sent potentially the first email to her maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, before all this drama, and <laughs> probably not, but that would be kind of kind of fun. But th- at this point, now that she's saying talks are back on, it's really just to keep the kind of the pressure on her, but really more so just so that she knows how important it is when she's doing these negotiations and she keeps A's fans in mind and is not just indifferent. That's all. Now, to the juicy meat of this podcast episode, AJ Puck is gone. Who is AJ Puck? You already know who AJ Puck is, but he was drafted in 2016, first round A's pick sixth overall, and he is a six foot seven, two hundred and forty-eight pound, twenty-seven year old lefty pitcher. 
Now, there is some interesting stuff with A.J. Puck. He is a starting pitcher. He's supposed to be a starting pitcher. We drafted him to be a starting pitcher. He has some stuff. He was throwing 97 miles an hour last season. He was averaging 96.7 with his four-seam fastball this last season and 95.4 with the four-seamer in 2021. And... He also gets a lot of action on his pitches, and he went in the first round for a reason, and he, I would say, has been a highly regarded A's prospect for a long time by people outside of the A's, and I would say that he has had a lot of expectations on him by probably the A's organization, but definitely the A's fans, and... He has, sadly, been dealing with injury issues for his whole uh, minor league career. He missed all of 2018. He started 24 games in 2017 in single A and double A, uh, high A and double A, and performed pretty well for basically his first full Uh, season in the minors, and then 2018 missed it with injury, 2019 he only pitched in 18 games, four of those were starts, and he was dealing with injury issues then as well, 2020 happened, so there was no minor league baseball, but in 2021, He got some more taste. He pitched a little bit in 2019 for the A's, but as as a reliever, but they still wanted to make him a starter. I think it was just to get him a little bit of experience in the big leagues, and then 2021, he came up again as a reliever and did not do well. He did not do well in the minors in 2021 either, mostly as a reliever. I think that was sort of the start of the attempt at turning A.J. Puck into a reliever. And last season, he spent the whole season up in the majors. And at this point, uh, they had been trying to turn him into a reliever for at least a year in 2022. And he actually did very well for the A's with a 3.12 ERA last season, 62 games pitched, 66.1 innings. And... A lot of strikeouts, 76 strikeouts in 66.1 innings. So that's pretty good, but he does sometimes have issues with control, and he did not get injured in 2022, but he also was a reliever in 2022 last season, and then the A's were talking about turning him into a starter again for this coming season. And I thought that was confusing when I heard that because he keeps getting injured when he's trying to be a starter and you found a spot where he can pitch in a normal uh, bullpen situation, a normal amount of games 
that a, a guy in the bullpen would pitch in 60 66 innings you know that's a that's a decent amount of innings and 3.12 ERA for 66 innings 62 games that's very solid that's a that's a good bullpen guy at that point so why would you want to turn him into a starter i mean obviously starters are more valuable good starters are hard to come by but what if he just gets injured again and then you don't have a starter or a reliever and now i'm kind of wondering whether that announcement that they were going to turn him into a that they were going to stretch him out to use him as a starter again may have been an attempt at increasing his trade value in the eyes of other teams, maybe signaling to them, yeah, this guy can start, so maybe you want to be interested in him for him potentially being a starting pitcher, which is more valuable in a trade, where for us... At the same time, we have a way too many starting pitchers. As I have talked about before, we still have too many starting pitchers. We, right now, on the depth chart for the starting rotation, we have eight guys listed. Obviously, that's not going to happen. You can't have eight guys. And we have traded away Cole Irvin. We've traded away... Now, A.J. Puck, who was one of the guys. At one point, we had 11, maybe 12 potential starting pitching options, which is obviously fairly ludicrous. And you can't even get guys into into the big leagues for two weeks to give them, like, two starts or anything at that point. You just have way too many people to manage, and this definitely clears up, if they were going to make him a starter, the whole starting rotation situation makes it a little easier to manage that, but then we lose out on a on a great reliever, right? And he was someone who maybe could have closed. He had the stuff for it and, and everything, but he did not really perform fantastically as a closer, nine opportunities, four saves, and it could be that he just needed some more experience with the high-pressure situations, but now he's gone and it doesn't really matter anyways. And as I mentioned, I've been seeing A's fans already, same day that it happened, freaking out or just basically getting depressed. Oh, great. The, you know, the last guy that I've ever heard of on our team is gone, or probably not true, actually, in the first place. But, oh, you know, look at this. There we go, getting rid of all our guys again. And, you know, never mind the fact that we brought in so many free agents this year. But the question then, what we lost is a a good reliever. And... What do we have for good relief for this coming season? What are we left with, basically? 
AJ Puck is gone, is that a disaster? Well, not really. Because we have Danny Jimenez, who pitched very well last season and did not get a full full workload in because he had a he had a shoulder injury, he had to he had to get surgery partway through last season. And I think he ended up actually not needing the shoulder surgery, but he missed obviously a large chunk of last season and now it's, you know, will he be able to come back from the injury and be the same pitcher that he was last season and will he be able to avoid any more injuries but nonetheless he had a 3.41 ERA so AJ Puck had a 3.12 ERA last season and Danny Jimenez had a 3.41 so pretty good similar all right and then we've got Diolis Guerra who is decent, or was in 2021, until he got injured, and he missed all of 2022. Uh, he he had some problem, like, at the beginning of last season, before, like, in spring training or something like that, I think, and he ended up missing the whole season with uh, needing surgery on uh, his UCL, so it was kind of a big deal, and I will say Diolis Guerra was decent in 2021 when he pitched for us, however, he was not fantastic, 4.11 ERA, so for him, he could be one of our better relievers this year, he could be a good reliever for us, but there are some question marks for him missing a full season, having to get surgery, and that's, you know, kind of a wait-and-see thing. We'll have to see what happens there. So, so far we've got Danny Jimenez, who is looking good, Dealis Guerra, who's looking maybe, and then Sam Mole pitched 53 games last season, 2.91 ERA, so really good ERA, really good pitcher for us. He did not do a lot of long stretches. He was he seems like, you know, he was not that guy to go and give you more than one inning. Maybe the guy to come in in an inning when when the situation is not great or something like that. He he pitched really well and he had a lot of two out innings where he got out of the inning, two outs, maybe there was a jam on the bases, you know, maybe maybe it was something like that. He was not being used in any save situations, but he really was pitching very nicely for us last season, and he should be definitely a bright spot of our rotation this coming season. Or, uh, not the rotation, sorry, the bullpen. Then we got Zach Jackson, who pitched 54 games, 48 innings last season for the A's, 3.0 ERA, so also very good, very good reliever here. Domingo Acevedo pitched 70 games last season for the A's, 67.2 innings, so he got actually a lot of use, 
and gave us still a 3.33 ERA. Really solid. Four saves in there. Uh, Zach Jackson also, three saves. And, you know, I think that this coming season, the bullpen, even with A.J. Puck gone, is going to be probably a very bright spot for the team. There's a lot of guys who have already got their experience in the majors, and they have already earned their position. And at this point, we maybe know who is going to work in situations that are a little bit more high leverage, who's going to work against certain types of batters. We have a little bit more knowledge and data on some of our pitchers. And so that's Danny Jimenez with a 3.41 ERA, Sam Mole with a 2.91, Zach Jackson with a 3.0, Domingo Acevedo with a 3.33, and then we also added Trevor May last or for this season, who uh, had some injury issues last year, but on the whole has been a very solid, very good reliever over his major league career. And if he just comes back and does what he's been doing as a reliever for the last several years in the major leagues, then he will have somewhere in the mid to low threes ERA, probably. And he also is going to be that guy with the big league mentality, the experience, you know, he's going to be the vet who's used to uh, big situations and can maybe help some of the young guys to keep their mind right and, and stay motivated and things like that. He should be able to be a guiding force in the bullpen as well as a solid arm. So do we have anything to worry about with our bullpen with AJ Puck gone now? No, not really. We've got like five really solid uh, relieving pitchers here who can all handle normal situations. Maybe some of them can handle high leverage situations, situations where they've got to come in and clean up somebody else's mess. And on top of all that, we've also got some guys that are showing a lot of promise that have had bright spots that still just need to get their their feet wet and get some more experience maybe and guys that are you know trying to trying to show themselves as big league quality and some of these guys it's like uh Kirby Sneed you know he he is he had some times last season where he looked really good. Like the the whole month of April, he had a 3.0 ERA. And in June, he had three uh, relief appearances for a 2.7 ERA for those three appearances. And he had two games in October that were clean, you know, no, no runs. Um, and he also had, over July, a 4.5 ERA, which is not all that bad. And then he he had a bad stretch through August, September, with 
you know, in the fives and the sixes, and uh, one really bad stretch in May, which was mostly just one game that really just destroyed it, where he had five earned runs given up in with only two outs recorded, and, you know, just one of those situations where I, I guess you leave the rookie out there to go and fight through it and, and get some toughness and learn how to get out of a horrible situation on the mound. Maybe the game was already lost. The season was already lost last year anyways. So, you know, that that is what it is. You take that away, it changes things, what what his stats look like. And I think a lot of young guys have stuff like that where they're still learning. They have to go through some of that stuff. And then, like I said, we have to deal with Guerra, who could be very good for us, but has to prove it, basically. And, you know, there there's other guys as well. And it's... All, all I'm saying is it's a bright, bright-looking bullpen for us for this coming season. So, AJ Puck is gone, fine. And... J.J. Blade, he had part of a season in the big leagues. People, also I'm seeing A's fans like, oh, look at that, you know, horrible batting average, horrible trade, why why do we want him? Okay. He had 200 at-bats, 65 games last season in the, in the majors, first appearance in the majors, with a 167 batting average, 277 on base, so he was still getting on base somewhat, and a 309 slugging. Five home runs, 30 walks, 67 strikeouts. He had a 586 OPS, so not fantastic, but better still, although stats better than some of the guys batting-wise that we trotted out last season, honestly. So more important really is to look at his minor league performances to get more of an idea, and he was also a first-round pick, but in 2019, so he's a little bit younger than A.J. Puck, who, at this point in A.J. Puck's career, he probably is who he is. There's not much more development that will take place, and it's going to be on him to make any strides forward. If he really wants to be a starter, he's probably going to have to do a lot in the offseason, to make that happen, but at this point, to me, it seems like he's probably just a reliever. J.J. Blade only had three seasons in the minors. 2019, which is a partial season, because that's the year he was drafted. 2021, because 2020 didn't happen. And then 2022, where he spent part of that season in the big leagues. So, he's actually fairly inexperienced, and in the minors, he actually put up, he's gotten better each year, even though he's been rising through the minor league systems. So in 2019, in high A, he put up a 690 OPS. And in 2021, in double A, he put up a 696 OPS. 
So basically the same. Six points better, but it's within the margin of error right there. 2022, an 835 OPS. So a big jump. That was in AAA. So as he's facing better competition, he's also improving rapidly at a rate where he is keeping up with or outstripping some of his competition in these new higher levels. So don't look at his 200 at-bats in the big leagues and be disappointed with what we got necessarily because everybody is going to do better their second appearance, their second season in the big leagues than their first. And if he is pulling out a 700 OPS this season, then he is worth it to be on our starting roster, probably. The question is, how are we going to make space for him? I don't mean 40-man, because we created a space when we got rid of A.J. Puck on the 40-man roster, but in the outfield, because he is a lefty outfielder, 25 years old, He's listed as a center fielder. Now, obviously, we've got Ramon Laureano, who is a center fielder, but played a lot of right field last season. And we've got Christian Pache, who is a center fielder, defensively amazing center fielder, but cannot hit the ball. And then we've got... Astori Ruiz, who I don't know whether it was the A's that said it or whether I saw it somewhere else and I'm just attributing it to the A's for some reason, but I thought the A's had said that they wanted Astori Ruiz to be their center fielder, and I had had the impression that Ramon Laureano would be playing right field then, and that would probably put Seth Brown in left field, I would think and Pache would probably just be coming off the bench in defensive relief sort of situations or to give guys rest, stuff like that. Now, if they actually want to give Blade some playing time, my thought is that someone needs to go. And the most likely candidates are Ramon Laureano and Seth Brown. And I think that in the beginning of the season... Would I like either of them to be traded? No, not necessarily, because I think that they will both be worth more later on, because I think that they will both perform better than last season, this season, because the lineup is going to be a lot better, and maybe you just keep Blade on sort of a bench roll until you make one of these trades, and I would say Loriano probably is the trade to do in initially, the, the outfield trade to prioritize making, because first of all, he said last season that he wanted to be traded. If he had performed a little better, it, he probably could have had his wish come true. But he had said last season he wanted to be traded because he didn't like playing on a team that was not competitive, basically. And I think that being on a on a non-competitive team made him play worse. Actually, I think that it had a harmful effect on his morale. And 
Seth Brown will just play better because he was last year he was getting pitched around a little bit more this season they're going to have to throw some more strikes to him and that means more opportunities for him to take that deep and I think he will so if they're going to make a trade early in the season or before the season for one of their outfielders I think Ramon Laureano is the one but I wouldn't be too surprised if it was Seth Brown either now that said, it is risky to do because then you're counting on not just Asturi Ruiz working out in the beginning, but also J.J. Bladet, like just coming out and, and playing successfully this season in the majors, both of them, with not a lot of experience and you don't necessarily know what you're getting. And then you also would kind of, if that was the case, need Christian Pache to make more of a step forward with the bats because he would probably be leaned on a little bit more than if we had another solid outfielder out there that we knew we could rely on for sure. So I don't know. I think that if I had control of the team here, what I would do is I would put him in sort of a platoon situation, sort of a a bench role, defense role, some something where he is not getting priority playing time and he's waiting for his opportunity, basically, until we trade Ramon Laureano, and by then you know what you've got with Ruiz, with Blade with Pache, and at that point it becomes a little bit easier to figure out what the game plan is. But I'm not in control, and I think that this probably signals that there will be a trade before the season. That's just my guess. Well, I think that'll do it for Monday's episode, episode 18 covering the A.J. Puck-J.J. Blade trade with the Miami Marlins. And I'll just keep it nice and short. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you had a great Super Bowl Sunday. I hope whichever team you were rooting for, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of Raiders A's fans, even still. So probably you're going to be rooting against Kansas City, I would guess, a lot of people. But... Hopefully, whoever you were rooting for won. Have a great rest of your week, and thanks for listening to another Athletics Baseball podcast. Make sure to check back in on Thursday. Just a reminder for all the new people, we do episodes Mondays and Thursdays in the off-seasons, and then I'm going to try, no guarantees, I'm going to try during the regular season to do every weekday following a game so that I can do game coverage and stuff like that. Thank you for listening to Athletics Baseball Podcast. See you next time.